All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and it is time for the Sunday Brunch edition of John Solomon Report. So glad you can join us. I really enjoy having these conversations and Over the course of the week, in addition to doing the original podcast, Amanda Head and I on Just the News, No Noise at Real America's Voice get a chance to interview some really, really thoughtful leaders in America. And they all bring news. They all bring ideas. They all bring solutions. They all bring, sometimes they bring evidence of wrongdoing. And as you heard from Scott Nelson and Matt Whitaker yesterday, there's a lot of concern about the FBI and the Justice Department, right? Well, today... We're going to continue those conversations, but turn our attention to things like spending, the vaccine mandate in the military that ousted so many brave men and women who had served, what needs to be done going forward to stop the sort of false speech censorship that was going on at Twitter and Facebook during 2020, 2021, 2022, actually all the way back to 2018 when Adam Schiff, that Democrat from California, a guy that I often compare to the modern day McCarthy, What he did to Congressman Devin Nunes to try to portray the original investigation that uncovered wrongdoing by the FBI and Russia collusion is so powerful. Devin Nunes is going to react to that. You're going to want to hear that. And then Niall Gardner, one of our great minds in America on all things Great Britain, he's a fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's going to talk to us about all that Prince Harry and his book has done to actually make the British royal family look sympathetic and to make Prince Harry one of the more reviled figures in British history right now. So we're going to start with Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia. He serves on some of the most important committees. He's got some big thoughts about the FBI, about investigations, about President Biden's classified document problem. We're going to start there. Then we're going to go down to the border. Brandon Judd, president of the Border Patrol Agents Union, got some big numbers, big statistics, big ideas, and big complaints about Joe Biden. Of course, Joe Biden went down to the border recently. The Border Patrol agents weren't impressed. They didn't get a real opportunity to talk to the president or have their concerns heard. Then we're going to have Scott Perry. He was the leader of the pack of Republicans, the 20 Republicans that held out until they forced enormous change before they would let Kevin McCarthy become speaker. Scott Perry, 
congressman from Pennsylvania is going to give us an update on what happened behind the scenes and how Congress is fundamentally different. This wasn't just an exercise in politics or retribution or personality disputes. The rules of Congress were so significantly changed that Americans are going to notice it. In fact, for the first time in a quarter century, they look a lot more like the rules that Speaker Newt Gingrich had in the 1990s when he achieved a series of balanced budgets with Bill Clinton that hadn't been achieved in decades before. So we're going to talk to Scott Perry about what's changed, what's different, what's new, and what Americans can expect Republicans to deliver on their promises and in what order. He's always a great interview. Then former Congressman Devin Nunes is going to be in the House. He's always a blast to talk to. Why? Because he not only is on the front end of solving the free speech problem in America by being the CEO of the Trump Media Technology Group and creating that incredible truth social platform that's out there, he's also been the guy who helped us get through the false stories that Russia collusion was real or Ukraine impeachment was real. It got us the truth. But this week, we learned something pretty extraordinary. I think we all suspected it. But we, for the first time, got the smoking gun evidence. The Twitter files, I think, release 14, it was, divulged something pretty dramatic. And that was that three Democrats, Senator Dianne Feinstein, Senator, uh, she's of California, Senator Dick Blumenthal of Connecticut, and Congressman Adam Schiff, uh, the longtime nemesis of Evan Nunes, former House Intelligence Committee chairman, that they went to Twitter and tried to impose a false story on Twitter that Devin Nunes's report that unmasked the failures and wrongdoing of the FBI in the Russia collusion case was somehow Russian disinformation, the work of Russian bots. It was so laughable that Twitter actually called these guys the congressional trolls. They wouldn't abide by it. But think about this. Three members of Congress, three Democrats, trying to settle a political score, use the power of their office, two of them on the Intelligence Committee, right? Because Feinstein and Schiff were on the Senate and House Intelligence Committees at the time. They used the power of their office to foist a false story on Twitter, try to impose censorship just to settle a political score. That is pretty remarkable. Devin Nunes has some very strong thoughts about that. You're going to want to hear that. Then we're going to introduce you to a pretty extraordinary woman. She's a young woman in the military, went through the ROTC program. And then while waiting for her commission, she was kicked out because she wouldn't get the vaccine, even though she had asked for religious accommodation. Addie Hewlett's struggle is an extraordinary personal tale that's been repeated scores and hundreds of times. Many, I think several thousand military members have gone through this process. Addie Hewlett ultimately got restored. Her path to being restored is powerful, but she's not fully made whole. Yes, she's in the military again, being able to do the job she wanted to do for this country, but she lost her livelihood and her pay for two years. No one is trying to make it whole. Addie Hewlett's going to tell us why that's important. You're going to want to hear that story. Very impressive young woman. Makes you feel good about the future of our military and in whose hands it's going to be. And if Addie Hewlett is any measure of that. And then we'll finish up across the pond. Niall Gardner, you're right. Prince Harry, oh my gosh. The Who thought that you can make the royals of Britain look so sympathetic? But Prince Harry's managed to do that. We'll get the latest on King Charles, Prince William, Prince Charles, the royal family. And also a quick update on the new prime minister there. They've had three prime ministers in a year in Great Britain. That's unusual. We'll get a little bit of skinny from Niall Gardner on that as well. All right. That's your Sunday brunch edition. That's a good lineup. That gives you a lot of food for thought to go with a cup of coffee. Maybe the brunch you're eating right now. 
before we slide into some football this weekend. Thank you for joining. Thank you for spending some of your valuable time on Sunday listening. I'm always grateful for that. And I, I wish you a blessed Sunday with your family and friends. Enjoy Andrew Clyde, Brandon Judd, Addie Hewlett, Scott Perry, Devin Nunez, and Niall Gardner back to back to back here on a Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. We're going to hear from a few of our sponsors, advertisers, strategic partners, and then we're going to kick in with Congressman Andrew Clyde right after the commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Our first guest, well, he played an integral role 
in forcing Congress to take a look at itself, change its rules, and do something that would make it more transparent, more responsible to the American public. And he joins us right now, Congressman Andrew Clyde from the great state of Georgia. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Well, John, thank you very much. Uh, Amanda, great to be with you on your show this evening. This was an amazing weekend, not just for the optics and the history and all the, uh, the passionate debate, but at the end of the day, when you look at the rules package, Americans have so much more transparency, so much more accountability than they've had in a very long time. I don't think I've seen rules like this and, and since maybe the time when Newt Gingrich was the last time there was this sort of people's control of the people's institution. How important a victory was this for the American public? I think this was a absolutely uh, consequential victory for the American people. It was necessary. Uh, we saw the moment. We took the moment. Uh, this, as you said, has is a set of rules that has not been seen in Congress for decades. And I think uh, it will bring fundamental transformational accountability uh, to the government. We all know that Washington, D.C. has been broken for a long time. And I came here to fix it. Uh, the rest of us came here to fix it. To, and that's, I think, what we're doing with this rules package and holding the speaker and leadership accountable to make sure they do what they're supposed to do according to the Constitution. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I think um, we're going to do great things going forward in this Congress. It was a bit of a rocky start. But, you know, that's the way a constitutional republic works. And it works for the American people. And that's what we did. We gave better representation to the American people through this rules package. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, sir. And, and I think that what transpired and, and throughout the whole process, what emerged to me was a very silver lining, which is that you have people, different factions with differing opinions within the Republican Party who are willing to stand up for what they believe in, as opposed to the other side of the aisle, where we have seen for cycle after cycle after cycle, the speakership race is not really even a race. It's just decided. Um, regarding these rules packages and the what I think a lot of Americans want to see as a culture shift, not just rules change and mood change, but a cultural shift in Congress. What are some of those main bullet points that you want to tackle first? Oh, sure. Uh, number one being the fact that we have a single subject uh, bills now and amendments that are that must be germane to the subject. So we're not going to have any more omnibuses. You know, those those terrible things that have tremendous earmarks in them that that are thousands of pages long. That's just not going to happen anymore. Then we've got a mandatory minimum of 72 hours before a bill can come to the floor after its final text is released. So members actually have the opportunity to read and debate what's in that bill. Then we've got regular order, which means every bill that goes to the floor has to go through the committee process, be read and debated in committee and amendments available in committee as well. I mean, these are just transformational things for Congress. Um, and then we've got the amazing church committee that's in this set of rules or, or church style committee that's going to go after the weaponizing of, of federal agencies against American citizens. I'm really excited about that part of it. Uh, I think that's going to um, uh, just just bring the claws back in from the federal government and it will allow people, regular American citizens, to no longer have a government that is is using uh, the commercial sector to proxy, as a proxy, to deny First Amendment constitutional rights. So I, this is a great rules package. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, voting on it tonight and seeing it successfully cross the finish line. And I'll tell you one, one last thing. Uh, I have seen a speaker in Kevin McCarthy fight. You know, his last four words of his acceptance speech was, I 
don't give up. And, you know, we saw him fight through 15 uh, uh, vote series. You know, I think that's going to terrify the White House and the Senate because we have a speaker now that has shown he knows how to fight and he's going to fight for us. Yeah, no doubt. His medal was definitely shown on, on display for all of us to see. Congressman, I want to talk a little bit about the border. The president went down there again. It was an optics event. It really has no real effect on the crisis affecting our border. A lot of people say, hey, this is a multifaceted system. The president doesn't enforce the law. The Homeland Security Department doesn't uh, or kept, it keeps the border open, doesn't allow the uh, Customs Border Patrol agents to do their job. And then there's a third layer of this nonprofits collecting lots of federal money often. And they're involved in taking the illegal aliens who get into the country and traffic them inside does the new Congress have some plans to address the NGOs that are involved in that part of the illegal immigration chain? Well, we certainly have plans to address the border crisis, and that is the Texas border plan is going to come up for a vote that is in our rules as one of the requirements. And then you are right about these uh, these nonprofits like Family Endeavors, for example, uh, who had a single source contract, a non-bid contract initially for $86 million, and then the next second contract was over $500 million. These are things that, that I, that the Oversight Committee has not really been able to go after because we were not in the majority. We are going to go after these sorts of things, and I'm really looking forward to that as well because we are going to expose what the Biden administration is doing to damage uh, the security of the American people. Because if you don't have border security, you do not have national security. And President Biden owns every bit of it. I was glad that he uh, went to the border. Well, as you said earlier, it got near the border uh, today, this weekend. Um, and, uh, but what he really saw, I think, was just a whitewashed scene. Uh, he didn't really even get to, uh, to see what was going on there. But I think that was uh, probably intentional. But it, it's amazing uh, that just a majority party electing a speaker can force the president to do something he hadn't done in 50 years, and that is actually go to the border. Uh, great point. <laughs> yes, sir. Congressman, I wanted to ask you about something that uh, a lot of folks are already shuddering over the thought of. Just a little over three months from now, we've got tax day. I don't think COVID is going to push back that deadline. But regarding these 87,000 IRS agents, it seems to me that one of the culture shifts on the Republican side of the aisle with you in the majority is that y'all are going to be, I don't want to say exploiting, um, utilizing in a creative manner parliamentary procedures that, that, that can be shifted a little, things like the whole mineral. Is that something you guys are ready to implement right away, day one? On day one, the Holman Rule is a phenomenal rule. Again, that's in our rules package. What the Holman Rule does is it allows Congress to go and to reduce the funding of an agency. And it is so granular that it can actually go down to the individual job description of that agency. And we can defund that agency um, at, at the federal employee level. So the Holman Rule is going to be a great tool to use in, during this particular Congress. And um, I'm looking forward tonight to voting uh, to defund the 87,000 IRS agents. Yeah, a lot of people are chairing that as a, one of the first actions of this new Congress. Congressman, you have been a champion of liberty for a long time, and you speak eloquently of the need to protect the core liberties of this country. We see more and more evidence of the censorship that's going on, the Homeland Security Department, the White House. New documents came out this week and showing the Biden White House putting pressure on big tech companies. Uh, where are what are some of the solutions that you think Congress will be able to impose to restore the assurance that our government's not going to go out and try to squash the opinions of everyday Americans in the big tech space? 
Well, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, just last month I introduced what is called the Free Speech Defense Act, and that would eliminate the ability of the federal government to work through these particular um, media companies, these big tech companies like Google and Facebook and um, uh, Twitter as a proxy to eliminate the First Amendment rights of American citizens because the government can't do it per the Constitution, and they cannot also do it as a proxy working with these companies to do it by proxy. And that's what this particular piece of legislation would do. I'm looking forward to uh, introducing it again in the 118th and uh, maybe we can get it across the finish line in this Congress. Yeah, important stuff. Congressman, before we let you go, we got to talk about China and COVID. And I know Republicans, many of you have expressed interest in digging into the origins of that and not necessarily just Anthony Fauci and his support of gain of function research. But who are some of the other major players who you want answers from as far as COVID? Well, I think our intelligence agencies uh, need to um, uh, pipe up and tell us what they know. What has what have they been keeping secret about COVID? We certainly are going to be um, interviewing and uh, uh, deposing Anthony Fauci. And we are certainly going to do the very best in our ability to uh, find what the actual source of COVID was. Uh, was it weaponized in a Wuhan uh, lab or, or or where? Where did it come from? You know, I, I think that most of us believe that, uh, but we're gonna figure out uh, the exact origins of COVID and hold China responsible for it too, because yeah, that's what needs to happen. So we got about 10 seconds left. Just real quickly, declassifying documents will be an important part of that, won't it? Yes, it will. It absolutely will. The American people need to know exactly what happened. All right, folks, up next, Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agency Unit. He's going to talk to us about just how bad it is at the border and just how little Joe Biden's trip did to solve it. Right after this message. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, Accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
Joining us right now, somebody you get to see this up close and personal, the um, head of the Border Patrol Union, Brandon Judd. Brandon, great to have you on the show again. John, it's always good to be with you. Thank you. So walk us through the difference of how President Biden on his first trip to the border uh, interacted with the Border Patrol compared to, let's say, what a President Trump would have done a few years ago. You know, I don't want to use rhetoric, but what he did was a complete and total joke. Um, he went down and he spent the vast majority of his time at a port of entry. We're not, our problem is not at the ports of entry. Our problem is between the ports of entry. That's where the drugs that are coming in that are killing so many of our citizens. That's where they're coming from. All of the illegal immigration they're taking between the ports of entry, not at a port of entry. He went to a secure location. He did not see what was going on. He didn't even bother speaking with Aaron Marine interdiction. He didn't bother speaking with one of the three main components of CBP um, that is charged with securing the border. He did spend a little time um, with the chief patrol agent of El Paso down on the border, but that was a that was the securest location on the border. He didn't see anything. When you look at what President Trump did when he went down to the border, not only did he include the three major components of CBP, Border Patrol, OFO, and Air and Marine, but he also included the landowners. He, he included the business owners. He included every Everybody that is affected by this, um, Biden included very few people. And on top of that, he cleaned up everything before he went there. He chose to go there at the slowest time of the year um, than, than anything. And, and so, you know, when we're apprehending 3,500 people a day, that's when he chose to go. He didn't choose to go down there when we're apprehending 7,500 people a day. And he knew this. And that's why this, this visit was, again, not trying to use political rhetoric, but it was disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Wow. And I wanted to ask you, you know, I know that Congressman Henry Quaylar was with him and he's one of the few Democrats who has actually spoken out about immigration because his his uh, his congressional district is on the border. So they feel the repercussions of it. Was there anyone else present? Do uh, you think who was able to give it to President Biden straight? No, no, there was there was nobody there that was going to be willing to give it to him um, straight. Not even the business owners that he spoke with. Again, he went to a sanitized uh, uh, non-governmental organization facility where we transport the migrants to. That was completely and totally empty. Everything that he saw was a sanitized version. Not only that, Amanda, but the day before we doubled our patrol agents on the border because we because President. And Biden knew that the media was going to descend upon El Paso. So he wanted the mainstream media to see a very, very clean version of what is going on so that everybody would say, look, there's nothing to see here. There's no problem. There's no chaos. There's no crisis. Um, instead of looking at what is the reality um, to develop the, uh, the programs, operations and policies, you're never going to have the will to do what's right if you're not willing to look at the actual problem. Yeah, that is so important. It's such an important uh, thing to remember. If you look at the optics and not the reality, uh, you can make whatever false illusion you want. Uh, I want to ask a little bit about Texas Governor Greg Abbott, because he confronted the uh, president with a five-point plan. Looks a lot like the Trump plan to before. Also seemed to be setting up the stage for a possible request for money, for all the uh, uh, money that Texas has had to lay out to protect itself from the open border. The contrast between Governor Abbott's plan and the Biden's lack of a plan. So if you look at what they just a couple days ago, President Biden came out with a press conference and he said, this is what we're going to do. All he did was repackage the six pillars 
controllers that have failed miserably over the last two years. When you look at what has actually worked, when you look at remain in Mexico, when you look at consequences for violating our laws, holding people accountable, that's what Governor Abbott gave to him. And we have seen time and time again, this has been proven over and over again. We're not recreating the will. We're looking at what is time tested and proven. And what Governor Abbott gave him has been time tested and proven, yet this administration is going to completely ignore that. All they're going to do is deflect and try to put blame on other people, which is what they've done throughout this entire administration. Brandon, I remember on uh, January 20th of 2021, a lot of people who care about border security had some pretty dire expectations as far as what would transpire during the Biden administration. And this is just based off of, of his policies and what the Democrat uh, Party was supporting at the time. Um, do you think that now we are halfway in? Are things better or worse than those dire expectations predicted? You know, it, it's, it's amazing because we would have never dreamed that we would be in the situation that we're currently in. Never. We, we knew it was going to get bad. We knew it was going to get worse. But we thought that it was going to get three or four times worse. We're at eight times worse than what it was under the Trump administration. So we would have never dreamed that we would be in the current situation. And it's, it's amazing that an administration would allow this to happen. That's just um, absolutely horrible governance. But what we've seen time and time again with President Biden is he stacks the people around him that are political activists. Look at the, the West Wing. It's filled with political activists. Look at the political appointees in DHS. They're political activists. And when you when you stack everything around you um, based upon the activism that, that happens in the United States, you're never going to get the true message. You're never going to get anything that is true. I look at good governors. I look at good presidents. I look at good um, senators, even within their offices. They're going to have people in there that don't have the same views as they do because you have to have um, the opposite views so that you can then evaluate what's going to work right. President Biden hasn't done that. He has not brought in anybody that is going to have a different view from him. He wants to be told everything that he that uh, he wants to be told that everything is good and that he's doing everything that's right. And when he does that, he feels good about himself, but our country goes to goes to pot. I want to ask a little bit. There's a new sheriff in town, at least in the United States House, and Republicans are talking as though the border will be a primary focus of their investigations, of their hearings, of their rebudgeting. They're going to try to use the power of the purse string to force the Biden administration to apply by the abide by the laws that they haven't been. How important is that? And what sort of messages have the Republicans in Congress been sending the Border Patrol agents over this period of transition? So it's extremely important in the fact that it's going to be very, very difficult for the mainstream media to in ignore the facts or the evidence that comes out of these reports, these investigations. Um, that's going to be very difficult for them to ignore. And when they don't ignore it, then the American public is aware. I'm amazed when I travel around the country. I'm amazed at how few people know what's actually going on, on the border. And that's simply because the mainstream media covers for this administration. They don't just cover for them on border security. They cover for them on economics, foreign policy, energy independence. They cover for them on everything. But but this is one of those issues that unless you're getting it from the media, you just don't know what's going on. You're going to fill it in your pocket when the when the economy is down. But you're not going to see what's going on on the border unless you have personally been affected or if the media is telling you the truth. So when when the Republicans do their investigations, all the facts, all the evidence that comes out of it, it's going to be very difficult for the mainstream media to ignore that. So that's why I'm very happy that these investigations are going to ensue.
Brandon, um, this is something that we have spoken to you about on the show before, but I don't know if this aspect of it gets talked about enough. You mentioned the activists within the Biden administration, within Homeland, um, but there are actual activists on the border, non-governmental organizations connected to churches on the border uh, who who exacerbate this issue. Can you talk to our audience about that? Because I again, I think that that's one of the leading factors here, but it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, when you look at uh, pandering to open border activists, when you look look at pandering to non-governmental organizations, when you're looking at funding, funneling money to those organizations for profit, you know, even though they, they might be a non-profit organization, they pay salaries. Well, these salaries come out of the money that is being funneled to them um, by the federal government. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a very corrupt system all the way around. And until we take corruption out of the government, until we say, look, these senators, you can't get kickbacks from these uh, contracts that you're that you're getting. You can't until we take the corruption out of the government, we're going to continue to see um, all of the problems that we have on the border. We've got to remove the corruption. We've got to remove the non-governmental organizations. And until we do that, corruption is going to ensue. Brandon, we got about 30 seconds left. Just real quickly, would you like Congress to see a ban on some of these NGOs, actually ban the money from the executive branch going to them I for do. the purpose of moving immigrants? I, I, I do, because then we'll get the enforcement policies um, that are necessary. If we don't have the enforcement policies, we have to have the NGOs. But if you, but if we ban the NGOs, then they're going to give us the enforce, enforcement policies that we have to have. Up next, the inside story of what went on beyond those 20 rebel Republicans and Kevin McCarthy that got the deal that so substantially changed the way Congress and spending is going to occur in Washington. Congressman Scott Perry, the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, the leader of the pack of those 20 rebel Republicans, giving us the inside story and also how that fight looked messy on television for all, how that fight unified Republicans right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. He's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and the man whose work affected so much change in the House rules that we've now seen played out in history here in Washington. He is Congressman Scott Perry from the great state of Pennsylvania. Congressman, great to have you on the show, sir. Well, it's great to be with you. And of course, I'm listening to the news and I'm thinking, you're telling me that top secret documents have been locked in a closet in a private office of a partisan uh, nature for, for six years. And we're supposed to think there's nothing to see here after after, you know, SWAT teams and, and, and federal marshals roll up to the former president's home. And, 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 you know, people say, well, this is apples and oranges. Well, it is apples and oranges. One person has the ability to declassify literally anything. 
and one person has no ability to declassify anything. Why? Look, I'm a guy that's held a top secret uh, security clearance for for decades. Um, look, you know, you either operate under the rules or you don't operate under the rules. And it seems to me, well, you know, this is probably, I suspect, going to be one of those circumstances where we see two di- two different justice systems. One for those who are connected, who, you know, think the right things and say the right things, and one for a different justice system for those who are pariahs in society and are to be dismissed and canceled. And that's that doesn't engender trust in, uh, you know, in the system by the American people. Congressman, I just want to follow up quickly because you just voted on the floor about something that I think has the potential to change that dual system of justice. The Select Committee on the Weaponization of Federal Government going to look at these very issues, how Donald Trump and Joe Biden get treated entirely different on the same subject. Tell us why that's so important. It's so important because we can see, look, we can't keep waking up every day and saying, I told you so and do nothing about it, whether it's a whether it's uh, Social Security numbers of a bunch of people that the J6 so-called committee was going after, whether it's these National School Boards Association's collaboration with the White House and the, District, uh, the Department of Justice to go after parents at school board meetings, or whether it's uh, the, the FBI and the DOJ's collaboration with big tech to silence and, uh, and censor information that they thought, thought would be uh, you know, unfavorable put to the Biden administration or to the narrative. The American people are sick of this overwhelming federal power that is being abused. It's they're out of control. Everybody knows it. And of course, the Democrats aren't interested in looking into it. Now that the Republicans have the House of Representatives, we're going to rip the, the lid open on that thing and just see how deep this rack hole goes. Yes, sir. And I, on that note, would love to talk about rules. Uh, it seems to me that yeah. with the new rules package that was adopted yesterday, it seems like there's going to be a demonstrable shift in just the way that Congress operates under this new Congress with Republicans in the majority. There were a couple of rules that, that really caught my eye, this five-minute rule as opposed to 15 for voting, the single issue rule. Talk to us about some of the rules that you think are going to have the biggest impact on on the way that that Congress operates. So people get their eyes glazed over, but it's important to the American people. They just don't know it yet. The biggest one, Amanda, is the single subject rule, in my opinion. And so what we've often seen is these huge behemoth bills moving through the House and the Senate. We call them Christmas trees because everybody hangs an ornament on it. And you go to your representative and you say, well, why did you vote for that piece of garbage? And the representative will say, well, there was this one thing in there that we were really for and I had to accept all the other stuff. And people are able to hide behind that. That's going to be over now as long as the House enforces these rules on the Senate and everybody else. One subject. And then everybody gets to see how the representative voted. Did you vote for it? Did you vote against it? Am I for that? This is a this is about supporting the little person, the little guy out there that's just working every day to pay his taxes and follow the rules. They want to know what their representatives up to. And that is a huge never been done before in Congress, even though it happens in many most of the majority of the states never happened before in Congress. Also, the 72 hour rule. Now, that sounds like it's easy. 72 hours to read a bill only in Washington, D.C. is the three day rule. One minute on day one. 24 hours on day two and one minute on day three. So that's two minutes and 24 hours. And oftentimes we just wave all of that stuff. Look, citizens want to know that their representatives are reading the bills, understand what's in them and have a chance to read them, not just having having them jammed down their throats 
And then we want to know what we're, you know, that we're voting on things that make sense, not just voting on things that we have to to get to the things that make sense. And so I think those are two of the most impactful uh, things that we're going to see that will change the landscape here. And then finally, open uh, what we call an open rule, which allows amendments. And I don't know whether you guys know this. No amendment's been on the floor for six years. So how do representatives represent their districts if they can't put an amendment on the bill? They're not, you know, if you're not a member of that committee, but it, it impacts your district. The only thing you get to do is vote yes or no. That's not real representation. You want to put an amendment on it. You might not get your way, but your constituents should have a say. Uh, that's exactly what the founding fathers intended. And we've been deprived that say for so long. Now we have it back. Yeah. Um, Congressman, you were smeared in the media a lot. A lot of people said, listen, the, the 20 rebel House yeah. Republicans, they were about themselves and a personal vendetta. Yeah. I, I talked to President Trump. He's coming up in a few seconds. Everyone's going to hear that. He said, listen, I was talking to these guys. It wasn't about personal vendetta. They were elected to change the way government worked in Washington, and they were determined to force it. I want to hear from you to all the critics who said you were doing this yeah. selfishly. Vendetta, what really was your motive? Our motive was to change Congress so it doesn't work for Washington, D.C., but works for America. And John and Amanda, uh, a lot of people here know this. I was uh, I was negotiating in good faith since last summer. But since nobody wanted to hear any of this and they figured, oh, we're going to have a huge majority. We'll just we can just consider we can just dismiss these viewpoints. Look, Washington works on power and nobody wants to give power up. But there was an opportunity to force that change. We would rather not have to do it that way. But that was the only option left to us. And we took it. And look, right now, everybody is happier for what happened. They didn't like how it happened, but they like the results of what happened. I love that. And, and you know, credit to Speaker McCarthy. One of the things he said that he was going to do immediately was repeal those 87,000 uh, IRS yes. agents. Now, obviously, the concern is that if and when it goes to the Senate, they're going to say no thank you, uh, as would Joe Biden if it somehow ended up on his desk after the Senate. So, so what's next for those 87,000 IRS agents? So this is a message to the American people. Your new Republican majority in the House of Representatives is committed to return some sanity and, and take out the weaponization of the IRS against working people. But you're right. Uh, uh, Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden aren't going to entertain it, which is also informative to the American people. But what it also does is send us a message to the Senate and to Joe Biden that you're going to see that policy again come on spending bills. And if you want to defend the IRS and, you know, and shut the government down over that, that'll be your call. But it's not going to be the call of the House of Representatives. We aim to support the American people and not the government. And uh, so I hope they I hope they receive the message. If they if they haven't, they're going to they're going to hear about it again very soon. And you've seen in the last 48 hours, sir, so much unanimity, the Republicans voting in lockstep, getting things done just like they promised right. in their commitment with America. Uh, on the other side of the aisle, there's a guy named Mitch McConnell. He's been behind a lot of this omnibus stuff, debt ceiling increases. Yeah. How do Republicans deal with him going forward? And more importantly, how important is the debt ceiling debate of March and April? Whenever that comes up, how important is it for Republicans to hold the line? Well, it's a huge leverage point, and we absolutely need to hold the line. We need to agree on on what our strategy is there. But I can tell you this. We can't just keep increasing the debt ceiling and not do something to drive down the trajectory. And I think that's going to be the leverage point that we use for that. And look, um, we appreciate what Mitch McConnell's work is in the Senate and having to deal with Chuck Schumer. That can't be pleasant. 
But what we can't do is allow the Senate to continue to roll the House of Representatives and more importantly, the American people. And so now we have the tools to stop that. And the House of Representatives needs to use that set of tools to say to the Senate, look, you're not going to send these midnight 4000 page, you know, one point seven trillion, seventy two hundred earmarks with less than 24 hours to read and jam us, uh, jam us with that. That's not going to happen anymore. We're putting you on notice now. Single subject bills. And we're following the budget. And if you don't pass your appropriations bills, the problem's going to be on your end, not on your end. We've had enough of it. Don't touch that dial. I'm going to introduce you to an incredible reaction. Devin Nunes has some strong words for three Democrats who went to Twitter and tried to portray him as a Russian troll. It turns out they were the trolls. They voiced false information on Twitter trying to censor a political opponent. Devin Nunes is going to give us a skinny right after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Devin Nunes, he's the CEO of the company that oversees True Social. And he joins us now to react to this extraordinary revelation. Congressman, we knew at the time Democrats were trying to discredit your investigation. They filed a fake ethics complaint against you, did all these things. But going to Twitter, telling them, hey, these are Russian bots promoting Devin Nunes and having Twitter call them congressional trolls, kind of funny, isn't it? It is. And uh, it's great to be on with you two days in a row. This is now a record, John. Maybe there'll be more breaking news tomorrow. I'll be on with you and John and Amanda tomorrow night. Repeat. But the the <laughs> odd thing about this is that, you know, we knew all of this, but I still think, although, you know, President Trump and I have been very supportive of Elon Musk buying Twitter. And Matt Taibbi has done a hell of a job here. But, you know, if you go back at that time frame when we were going back and forth with Facebook and Twitter, I'm talking about 2017 and, of course, 18. Mm-hmm. You know, they never would come out and actually say that this was bogus information. Now, we, right. they knew it. They told us privately at the time. And, you know, I tried to say it as often and as loud as I could back in 17 and 18. But clearly, you know, that wasn't the narrative that was out there. And I think if you step back from all this, this was probably about the time that big tech was coming under full control of both the FBI, DOJ bad actors, and of course the Democratic National Party and and their their committees and and their power structure. Uh, Because you know it was Obama who first went after Zuckerberg, blamed Facebook in 2016, and it almost appears by reading these emails that Matt Taibbi has went through and provided some of them for the public, it actually looks like these were people who didn't really want to go forward with this, uh, who wanted to kind of say something, 
but knew they couldn't. And of course, from here on out, it just got it just got worse. Devin, you obviously were most intimately involved with the contents of what came out in this this Twitter file dump. But I'm wondering if there was anything that came out that surprised you. And, and do you feel vindicated? Well, look, I mean, uh, I've never, you know, had an issue. You know, I always knew that, you know, I had a duty to do on behalf of my constituents and my country. And that was to, you know, tell the truth. And that's what we did. And, you know, at, at the, that time, if you go back in those days, you always have to step back and think, well, it would have been easy for me just to turn the other way, not do anything. But the problem would be you'd have to live with yourself with that uh, for the rest of, you know, rest of my life. So, you know, I wasn't interested in any of that. And I think who's lost here is the American people. And if you look at it for years and years now, you've had 60 percent of America, roughly, that have been under this spell of the of the United Alliance between the Democratic Party, the fake news media and big tech. And now ultimately, it looks like also most of our intelligence agencies so that's who's lost here is that we've had a major disinformation campaign that have quite frankly made many Americans delusional. And look, it was the reason why I was very clear. I wrote a book about this in, in 2020, July in 2020. And that's why I left Congress ultimately was because the Internet needed to be back open to opened up back up again. The American people needed their voice back. And, you know, it's sad, right? I mean, Twitter never had to do this stuff. Facebook should have done this stuff. True social should never be a thing. But, you know, it is. It is because of what happened during this time frame in American history. It is remarkable. I want to ask about consequence, because at the end of the day, we know Adam Schiff has said things in the past that was fa were false. Like, I've seen with my own eyes the evidence of Russia collusion. You just have to be willing to see it. There never was any. Even Robert Mueller agreed with that. Uh, there was a time when Senator Blumenthal gave us a false story about his Vietnam War service that he didn't engage in. Uh, the repeated yeah. pattern of members of Congress using the authority of their office to uh, try to create a false portrait for political purposes seems to have gotten pretty far down the line. Should Congress, should Kevin McCarthy, should Senator McConnell consider a, a motion of censure for these three lawmakers for trying to smear you as carrying out a Russian bot uh, disinformation campaign when it was nothing of the sort? Look, I think Speaker McCarthy has already said that a couple of those bad actors are not going to be on the Intelligence Committee anymore. I think at this point, you really need to look at this seriously. Should Schiff serve on any committee? In my estimation, he should not. I mean, what did Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, known as MTG from Georgia, new member, what did she ever do to lose all of her committees? Right. And look, we talked about this last night. This is not something that should have ever happened, but the Congress is in a very dark chapter of American history here, and real consequences have to take place to pay for not only what Pelosi and all of the Democrats did in the last Congress, but what Schiff and others did in the previous Congress. Now, let me just quickly address Denang Dick Blumenthal from the Senate. I don't know what the hell this guy was doing in any of this. I never don't remember this guy being around the Russia hoax at all. Not sure. I, it looks like he was just trying to insert himself uh, into this, and he played like Joe McCarthy. I mean, he's not only Denang Dick, but he's now like Joe McCarthy Jr. The moron got involved in this. I feel bad for the people of Connecticut. But good job, Denang Dick. I just remembered your name again because I had totally forgot about you. But thanks for being a jerk at the time. <laughs> Devin, we've just got about a minute left. Um, this 
within the Democrat bag of tricks, this one seems to be relatively successful with respect to labeling things that Democrats disagree with as misinformation. My concern is that in this new Congress, this 118th Congress with Republicans at the helm, when folks like Congressman Jim Jordan and Congressman Jim Comer are conducting investigations, they bring things to light. Democrats, again, are going to label this as misinformation and the message doesn't get across to the American people. Is that a concern that you share? Yeah, look, and that's and that's why I left Congress, because we had to open the Internet back up. And that's what we're doing here at True Social. And so, look, it's a slow slog, right? It's it's very, very slow. But, you know, as Justin News reported, uh, you know, we had our, a record week last week. And right now, knock on wood, we're actually going to beat last week this week if this nice. continues. So, look, there's a long time to the next election. The American people have been kept in the dark or at least you know, close to 60% of them. So, you know, maybe now over time, people will learn more. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, an extraordinary young woman serving in the military, Addie Hewlett, her story of fighting the vaccine mandate, losing her job in the military, getting it back, but still not getting made whole on the lost income and time that she had. Addie Hewlett's story is very powerful. She's a very thoughtful woman. You're going to hear from her next right after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Joining us right now, Second Lieutenant Addie Hewlett. Addie, great to have you here. A, a, a great honor. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So for two years, you're in limbo, right? You can't provide for your family. You can't really provide for yourself. And the government's not letting you do the job that you signed up to do. That is correct, yes. And I wanted to preface our conversation by stating that since I'm active duty, my opinions are my own. I'm not speaking on behalf of the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. But yes, you are correct. Amazing. So what was that like? Just walk us through real quickly. You're, you're trying to exercise a religious exemption, which the code allows every uh, uh, armed services member to do. What sort of reaction do you get when you start in that process? Sure, absolutely. So actually, unfortunately, we were not afforded the ability to file for a religious accommodation. Uh, some of us were, majority of us were not. So what happened was in May of 2021, we all commissioned as officers from ROTC. Now, as per usual, we entered into the inactive reserves where we awaited active duty. Uh, so while we were awaiting active duty is when the mandate came out for service members to be vaccinated. Um, however, during that time, we were not active duty service members. We were still in the inactive reserves. Uh, and we were being told that if we wanted to go active duty, we had to be vaccinated. However, we were not being afforded the measures to file for a religious accommodation uh, because we did not have a chain of command. So we hadn't reported to our active duty unit 
We were no longer attached to our ROTC unit. So we were unfortunately uneligible is what we were being told to file a religious accommodation request. However, I want to take key note that at this time, we were also not being ordered to receive the vaccine. We were being told if we wanted to go active duty, we had to have the vaccine, but we were not being ordered to receive the vaccine. Um, we were not afforded any other options for any sort of exemptions, medical, religious, etc. So our only option was to receive the vaccine. We also were not being covered medically. Uh, we were not gaining any wages from the military. We weren't on their payroll at this time. Uh, so we weren't being paid. We weren't being offered any job opportunities and they were not covering our medical bills. But they were telling us if we wanted to go active duty and claim our spots as we had already had active duty dates set up, uh, then we had to receive the vaccination. Unfortunately, uh, we did not agree to that. That's not something we wanted to do. We try, uh, we tried to go through avenues to receive religious accommodation requests or file for exemptions, uh, but unfortunately, those led to no end and they fell on deaf ears. And so, our active duty was extended for nearly two years, and it's only been in November of 2022 in which we were allowed to go active duty. Well, and something that's that's also concerning to me is that even though the vaccine mandate was repealed through the NDAA, it doesn't appear that there is anything preventing this vaccine mandate or any others in the future from being implemented again. That is correct. And something I really want to touch on, too, is that NDAA only repealed one memorandum. And that one memorandum came from the Secretary of Defense. So there are other memorandums which apply to the National Guard and the reserves. And those memorandums are not being repealed. And they are still pursuing um, kicking service members out of the military who are in the National Guard and the reserves. Yeah, we had a story like that over the weekend. It's just unbelievable, Addy. So what are the next steps for those of you who are still fighting to have your rights uh, reserved and protected. What are the next steps in the court or inside the military to try to get justice here? Absolutely. Well, so the biggest step is gaining awareness because there's something really important behind this that Americans are not paying attention to. And I think service members really are not aware of. So in Title 10 law, Section 1107 Alpha, it very clearly states that service members cannot be mandated to receive an emergency use vaccination. So the only vaccination that service members can be forced to receive must have FDA approval. To date, there is no FDA approved vaccine on the market. Doesn't matter where you go in the United States, you're not gonna find it and the bases are not providing them. There is none, it has not been available to anyone in the United States. That came from the anthrax vaccination. So in the 90s, when service members suffered greatly due to the anthrax vaccination, which was forced upon them, we saw thousands of service members suffer adverse reactions to the point of death. Uh, and this was in great numbers. From there, they created this law, Title 10 law. And in there, it states and it protects us service members from being used as trials for things like vaccinations. It also applies to things like testing and masks. Unless they're FDA approved, they cannot be forced upon us. So what's going on right now is service members are using their right to informed consent and they are refusing a trial vaccine. However, they're being punished and kicked out and their livelihoods being taken away from them for using their right to informed consent to say no to something. And that is within their rights to say no to a trial vaccine. However, we are still pursuing punishment on service members who are using this right. And that's completely unlawful. That it is. Uh, 
My gosh, how short our memory is with respect to this type of treatment in the military. Um, now that Republicans have a majority uh, in the House, we've only got about a minute and a half left. What are you looking for them to do to prevent this stuff in the future? I'm looking for action. Uh, I don't really care about empty promises. I don't care what you say you're going to do. I'm looking for you to do something. Uh, and like we spoke about earlier in this NDAA, it does not prevent the Department of Defense or anyone else from putting on mandates on service members once again. Really, all it says is, hey, if you want your money, remove this mandate right now. But it doesn't say you can't bring it back. And like we spoke on earlier, uh, it's also still allowing punishment going on throughout the military. So what I'm looking for is for there to be justice for these service members. And I'm looking for there to be justice for service members who have been unlawfully removed from their position and whose livelihoods have been removed based solely on the fact of using their right to informed consent. I mean, it's plain and simple. It does not matter. I, truly, if you filed for a religious accommodation, that is your right, but you shouldn't have had to have done that because there is no FDA-approved vaccination. Mm -hmm. So there is no reason anyone should have been kicked out of the military at this point. Education so important on this. You helped us tonight get started on that path, Addie. Uh, real quick, where can someone find out more about the foundation, all the work that you guys are doing? Absolutely. So if you're interested in helping us uh, fight this injustice, we do have plans on taking this to court and helping other service members who are suffering as well. Please visit the Pipe Hitter Foundation. That's H-I-T-T-E-R, the Pipe Hitter Foundation.org. All right, let's finish with a little saucy British gossip and tabloidism. No, not really. We're not going to. We're going to have some real thought, actually. But a little few, five minutes, six minutes of thinking about our friends over the pond in Great Britain, our great allies. They've had a rough year. Three prime ministers in one year, and lots and lots of controversy in the royal family. Plus the death of the extraordinary and incomparable Queen Elizabeth. But in her aftermath of her death, oh my God, her grandson Prince Harry, he's been acting pretty badly. He and Meghan Markle making a messy thing of the royal family. Lots of gossip, lots of vitriol. Val Gardner's going to bring us up to speed on that right after this commercial break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
Joining us right now, uh, the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom of uh, uh, for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation, Now Gardner. Now, great to have you back on the show. It's my pleasure. Many, many thanks, Sergio. I, I don't really do a lot with royal uh, history or news coverage, but the last few weeks have really been riveting to see this drama play out, this sort of bad blood between son, father, brother, and royal family. Tell us what's going on with Prince Harry's new book and the dynamic that is really playing out in London. Well, uh, I have to say that uh, Prince Harry really has, uh, I think, burnt all remaining bridges he has with the royal family. Uh, his memoir, uh, Spare, certainly sold... Uh, very well. I believe it sold something like 400,000 copies. But the, the damage that it has done to Harry's reputation is absolutely immense. In fact, I describe Prince Harry today as the most unpopular uh, figure in Great Britain at, at the moment. His, uh, wow. his latest um, approval rating I see in the British uh, media is minus 37 uh, points, actually. So uh, Harry, I, I, I think, is a, is a deeply, deeply unpopular figure. Uh, Meghan is close behind in terms of unpopularity. Uh, and I think Harry's scorched earth approach here, really uh, fundamentally attacking his own family, his father, uh, his, uh, his brother, and practically everybody in the royal family comes under fire. Uh, Harry has done, I think, tremendous damage to his own standing, his own, his own image. And uh, this book is a real bridge burner in, in every respect. Yeah, the, the dichotomy between he and his brother at this point is just... Um incredible. I wanted to ask you, though, because it seems that Harry and Meghan, they, they go out there, they say they don't want to be in the spotlight, and yet they've got this book. And I, I don't know what demented garbage is in the algorithm that suggests content to me, but I had their, their show suggested to me, and I almost threw my remote at the television. They say that they don't want to be, you know, the subject of tabloid headlines and palace intrigue and things like that, yet they continue to put themselves in these positions where they are actually in the spotlight. Yeah, that's, that's a tremendous point. Uh, Meghan and Harry really are uh, incredibly narcissistic individuals. It's all about them, and it's all about, of course, generating a great deal of, of wealth. Uh, in fact, they earned reportedly close to $100 million for their Netflix documentary. Uh, they signed a, a four-book deal worth uh, $20 million. Uh, dollars. And so they're generating a great deal of, of wealth to advance uh, their own personal uh, agenda, basically. And in the meantime, of course, the British public's turned hugely against them. Also in America as well, I think they're increasingly unpopular uh, here in the United States. Uh, and uh, But I, I, I describe them as, as two of the most arrogant, narcissistic people on the face of the earth uh, today. Uh, and uh, they, they are increasingly, I think, uh, viewed as incredibly self-centered in individuals actually who who only care about their own fame and and fortune uh, but the reputation uh, is going down in flames as we speak what does this do we got about a minute and a half left what does this do to the royalty king charles uh, prince william what does it do to them and the the standing that the, the royal family has among the everyday citizens of great britain yeah that's a very interesting point because i think the popularity of the british royal family has increased uh, even further, actually, uh, following all of these revelations and all of these attacks from, uh, from Prince Harry. And so the British people really have rallied around uh, King Charles III and also around the Prince and Princess of Wales, uh, William and Kate. Uh, and uh, I think what you are seeing uh, is uh, even stronger uh, support for the royal family across the Atlantic and also here in the United States. I think there's a great deal of sympathy 
uh, for uh, King Charles, for Camilla, and also for, for William and Kate as well, the Prince and Princess of Wales. Uh, while, while, of course, the, uh, the publics on both sides of the Atlantic are turning against Harry and Meghan. So a spectacular own goal, really, for, for Meghan and Harry uh, with this, uh, this new uh, memoir from Harry. But also the Netflix documentary as well has caused a great deal, uh, I think, of unhappiness, actually, on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, I think the royal family will grow stronger uh, and they will be even more popular in the wake of Harry's absolutely awful, ghastly attacks. Amazing. That's amazing. Now, very quickly before we go, just 30 seconds left. Apparently in this book, Prince William talked about the body count when he served in the military. That seems like a, a violation of an unwritten, maybe it's a written rule, in, in Western military cultures. Your thoughts on that? Yes, actually, Harry has come under a very heavy fire from a lot of uh, former British uh, military officers, generals, uh, who have uh, strongly attacked him here, uh, saying that this is not uh, the way that uh, you know former members of the, the British military behave in terms of you know revealing the numbers of, of enemy killed, and this also, of course, endangers, frankly, Harry's own family uh, as, as a result. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Thank you for listening. A big thank you to Andrew Clyde, Brandon Judd, Addie Hewlett, Scott Perry, Devin Nunes, and Niall Gardner, the man with that great British accent. What a great conversation. We took you around the world from vaccine mandates in the military to the abuse of the FBI to the inside story of that incredible drama inside the Republican House caucus and then a little bit of the British tabloids as well. A lot of fun stuff. I want to thank all of our guests, all of them so grateful. And of course, Brandon Judd on the extraordinary story at the border. Wow, what a thing to think about. All right, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, the rest of your week, and God bless you. God bless your family and friends. Happy weekend. Enjoy the Martin Luther King holiday tomorrow. I'm going to be in. We're going to have a special show tomorrow. The incredible niece of Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Alveda King, on her thoughts, on her uncle, on the holiday that commemorates it, on the state of race in America, opportunity in America, what we need to do to go from woke to smart again, and also because she is such an advocate for the life of the unborn. We're going to talk about the upcoming March for Life in Washington, the first March for Life in more than a half century where Roe v. Wade wasn't in force. We're going to have all that on tomorrow. What a great opportunity. Dr. Alveda King, I also introduced you to one of my new colleagues here at Just the News, Nick Jeevis, great investigative reporter. He's been working alongside me on all of the investigative reporting we've been doing on the Biden documents, the Biden family corruption, and, all, and so much more, the FBI as well. You're going to want to tune in for that. Buckle in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest. We'll be back tomorrow on Martin Luther King Day, the federal holiday, with a special edition of John Solomon Reports. Good night, God bless, and Godspeed. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. 
The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.